And now, the cleanest hour in podcasting with your host, Ralph Peterson. This is the Housekeepers Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housekeepers Podcast. I am your host, Ralph Peterson. And if there's ever been a time where you needed to take an extra break, maybe you needed to take lunch early, or if you wanted to just lock yourself in your office and just put the do not disturb sign up, today is the day because my guest, Rob Francis, the CEO of Plan Companies, is quite frankly amazing. And you're not going to want to miss a single moment of today's show. So without further ado, hey, Rob, how you doing? Good. Good morning. Thanks Good for morning. having me. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to learn your whole story because Plan Companies is humongous. Uh, not yet. We're building <laughs> and growing on the marathon in a good way, but we're trying to make our mark. So I love that you don't not humongous. I love all. that you. I love that you don't consider yourself humongous because no. you maybe would take your foot off the gas, and there's no time <laughs> for taking your foot off the gas. Can we agree? Agreed. And believe me, I think that we're at now, we're not a startup anymore, but we're certainly not where we believe we can be. And as you know, our industry is pretty substantial. So we're we're trying to become relevant in every market that we service and more, but it's a journey. So we're very happy to be on it. We're not yeah. close to where we should be. No question. And I love, I love how massive this industry is. It's, I love how many different facets there are. I It's there is it's the best. There's it's absolutely the, no lack of opportunity. Yeah. Actually, from an earlier podcast you had when you're talking about need, the need of the service, one thing I was, you know, we don't create the need. You know, buildings need to be cleaned. They need to be serviced. So when I'm in New York or walking with my family to dinner, you pass this building, this school, you know, this office building, this residential complex, they all need our service. It is a massive industry that has a need for all of our collective services. Buildings need to be cleaned. Many need to be secured. So the need's there. Now more than ever, of course, Ralph, with these times and which really put us into a good spotlight, but we're not creating the need. It's there. It's just, can you do it? Can you do it better, you know, than the rest? More consistent? Are you reliable? Are you accountable? Do you live your values? You know, you answer your phone. Do you answer the phone? Are are you showing up? Yeah. Yeah. You actually give, you actually care. (laughs) And, you know, are you going to be there? Do you want it as much when you got the business as five years in? I mean, because you really just can't fake this business. You either love it, you have a passion for it, you deliver. And most of the groups that I've met through your podcast and through the industry for 23 years, you know, word of mouth is a huge part of what happens. And you can't really fake it. You either, you're going to live it, you're going to believe it, you're going to breathe it and do it. Or now, even more than ever, with all the social media, you can build a company over 120 years and 120 seconds, you can watch it you know, take a lot of shots and get knocked down if you're not true to your yeah. core and who you are. So, you know, I saw, I have been training managers and leaders and working and trying to promote people. I am, you know, as you, as we talked earlier, I'm one of those people who came from literally nothing, just trying to figure out my own way and trying to swim upstream. So I have a big soft spot, a big heart for the underdog. I'm always rooting for people and I'm so willing to give my time and effort and dollars to help people get out of generally their own way. But I was at an eighth grade graduation years ago, an eighth grade, like of all places, an eighth grade graduation. And there was a teacher who was retiring. So of course there was another teacher who was doing like this little speech about this teacher that was retiring. And she had this turn of phrase. She said that this teacher had spent the last 30 years teaching kids to finish what they start and mean what they say. I got to tell you, I get chills now. So even just remembering, like if they're, that's it. You want to know, how do you get ahead in life? Finish what you start. (laughs) Yeah, I like what you say. Kind of like just just table stakes stuff that either you're going to live it or you're not like, you know, as corny or whatever, as it sounds like, you know, even the like core values, you can write them on a wall, but if you don't live them, if you're not really finishing what you started, if you're not doing what you say, you know, there's, you know, you just don't have any credibility. And so for us, we try to live it, breathe it, hire on it, you know, our cultures, you know, surrounded with it, but it, it is, it's some basic stuff, you know, like I, te- that we, I love teaching too. I love empowering and, and engaging with, with our team. It's, it's a very rewarding and natural thing. I think that comes to us and it's exciting, but 
I'd show the group stuff like with Admiral McRaven, who spoke, you know, to a, a university. And he, the first of his big 10, you know, kind of uh, tips are when you wake up in the morning, make your bed. Because a small task completed means many tasks can be completed. A, a small accomplishment can lead to bigger accomplishments. And it's amazing how like the basic stuff, the small stuff that we need to do sets the foundation for the big stuff. You know, so we live it, you know, it's I a agree. very important I, thing. I love that. I love being, I remember we're totally off topic. I so bad want to find out where you came from and everything. But just to reiterate <laughs> this, I love, I remember when I decided that I was going to be the type of person to put my grocery cart away rather than <laughs> leave it out in the parking right. lot, which is how I was raised. We've, you know, I remember even my friends and my family, you know, look at well, it's job security for somebody. I mean, it's such a flippant idea. You know, it reminds me actually, as you said, that we don't create the problem in cleaning. And I have always had that as a sense of pride. Like the person who's not throwing trash on the floor is the housekeeper, the cleaner, the janitor. You know, we're, we're the last right. ones. Right. Throwing. Right. No, we, we, I, you know, we would certainly take pride. I'm sure if you go to our homes, like I always say, the, when you go to our buildings, our the janitor closets, the back hallways need to be the cleanest. Because, you know, from my grandfather saying, you know, you should eat off those floors. You should the janitor closet should be set up, uh, you know, beautifully mm -hmm. because it says the pride and professionalism that you take in the entire building. See how the staff, the team treats the back of the house, because then the front of the house is going to be is going to look really good. So I'm I agree. And, you know, it's, yeah. we talk about the basics, table stakes, doing the ordinary, you know, extraordinarily well. But, you know, I'll just tell you, like for us. And so when people ask like secret sauce, like the secret sauce is giving a shit. And if I can, I don't want to, you know, go to uh, take the clean podcast and, and you know you got it is care. the cleanest hour in podcasting <laughs> <laughs> but when people say integrity you know for us it's one of our four core values either have it or you don't that's not a hokey line that is you know it's instilled from your family it's who you are we want a society where truth and open honest communication lives teamwork saying everyone counts everyone contributes you could say that or you can show ways that truly Everyone counts. Everyone's appreciated. Mm -hmm. Never being complacent. What got us here won't keep us here. And then, of course, wowing and delighting the client, exceptional service, exceptional customer service, so that they give you that positive word of mouth that then fuels your growth. And, you know, I'm 23 years in. I was cleaning malls. I know we'll go, you know, for my let's, family. Let's but, go back. Let's go back. Let's start. This is a good time. Let's, where did you grow up? Though I really don't love talking. I love this. I have to be honest, Ralph. I enjoy <laughs> plan today and tomorrow so if we do this i watched your podcast i think you know but i'll do a couple of minutes you know all right um, you know how we go we, we, we yeah, I know you all came from do. i want to know yeah but i'm a jersey boy you know all sure right. i grew up in, in essex county you know in short hills went to, to public high school you know uh, swam for my high school team which was great good for wow. leadership and being on a team i was a lifeguard I sold Cutco knives, like the sales thing. So it was fun to go to friends and family's homes and cut the rope and show that the knife was working, you know. When did you do that? When did you do that? Junior, senior year, I think, was the Cutco. As a high school yeah. kid. Yeah, as a high school yeah. kid. Nice. And the lifeguarding was was right there, I think, the year before. And then wow. while at college, summer jobs would include cleaning a mall, the Livingston Mall, for those viewers that, are, that know Jersey, from the 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. shift for two summers, which was actually great. You know, mopping, sweeping, collecting trash, scraping gum off arcade side of the, you know, the games, trying to work a buffing machine, not being very good at it at all, <laughs> getting made fun of by the team that's there. Canada was my, my lead. He loved it. It was, but it was a great experience. Wow. You know, that was how I got immersed kind of into the, the whole, you know, cleaning world. You know, my Where father would never, you know, have it any other way. What did you study in college? So I, I went to University of Pennsylvania in Philly. I was a communications major and a marketing minor. Wow. I graduated that is a in hard school to get into. Yeah. You know what? I got lucky because my father's a class of 67. Ah, so uh, so we pushed that you. legacy uh -huh. thing. I like sure. that. But we, um, you know, it was a stretch. Yeah, but that's I got, a good I, got lucky. I couldn't get in today. Very tough, <laughs> tough school today. I'm lucky uh, if I go there to clean. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. What is it? I said, I'm lucky if they let me in there to clean. <laughs> I'm trying to get in there to clean. <laughs> See that? Yeah. So communication, what was it about communications that you wanted to study? Just something that I guess I was attracted to, like, you know, marketing, 
messaging, whether it's political communication and watching elections, you know, and when JFK and Nixon, when they're on TV and what type of influence that messaging could have, uh, film and radio and all of it, like where the world is today. Yeah. Um, and that's why the marketing was a good compliment too, because I always enjoyed kind of that, you know, idea of you get up a great service, a great product. How do you promote it? How do you sell it? And how do you create something, you know, from the beginning that's going to attract the audience? Yeah. And so I was always into that. You know, I have, my father was a very left brain, quantitative financial guy. I wasn't really, I was more like extroverted or am and right brained in terms of, you know, loving to create a vision, passionate about what we do. So we were a great yin yang for when I entered the business in 98 to when my mom and dad kind of officially kind of, we, I'll go through the whole journey, but, you know, we became a public company. Oh, we'll, we'll do it in, in order, but, you know, I learned a lot from him. You know, Let, so, let's back up. So your grandfather started the company. My great grandfather started in the real estate service business as a window cleaner in Newark, New Jersey, when all you could do is have a bucket of water, you know, a rag and started getting storefronts to just clean the windows and the squeegee. Wow. And so then, so that was good. You know, window cleaners, one store, one building. Great. My grandfather goes to World War II, comes back and takes the window cleaning business to the next, next level, New Jersey, Connecticut, some New York, and added janitorial, housekeeping, janitorial, and, and maintenance to the mix. Which is a real easy transition because you're already there. You maybe have yep. some other skills. I can run a broom as well as a squeegee. Yep. You're dealing with the same, same property person. managers, community yep. managers, developers, owners, same end users, labor, service. It was a natural. And, and it's a great and a great business for starting out, you know, in the world or in the industry from window cleaning to janitorial maintenance. And we were doing commercial, multi-tenant and enclosed shopping centers in the beginning. So this is now 40s, 50s, 60s. And then my uncle and my father in the 70s go into the business and really, you know, it starts to take off in the mid-Atlantic with my uncle and really in North, you know, in Jersey and Connecticut, New York. They sell the business in 1984 to a company called Pritchard. You probably know Pritchard. Pritchard's a very large one. ISS, I think, either bought Pritchard or there's a conglomerate. And then in 1988, a plan was born, planned companies. And the notion was, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. If you're not a thoughtful, organized, accountable, detail-oriented person in our world, you're not going to make it. Now, so I liked it. I thought that was cool, like plan, because people like planned companies. What what is that? Yeah. And yeah. so that was, and then we added security and front desk concierge. And we'll get to that, a natural extension because the labor's there. You know, you're, again, same end users. Buildings now have the need, they have to be cleaned. They have the maintenance. So the front desk, the security, loading docks, gatehouses, you know, there was a need. And that was a vision from my father at Planned. And it just, when I came in in 98, it was just sitting there. It was like the seed had been planted, but we weren't really going after some of the, the market the right way or the big boys. And it's just one building, one building, one building. That became a great extension to where we are today. Over 4,800 employees in 10 states organically, proudly. We've grown over 100 million over the last you know 11 or 12 years on the basic stuff that we're talking about. In 08, we became a public entity. So my family in, in 07... As we were growing, my parents wanted to take chips off the table. I didn't blame them. We went to like, we became like a 30 million engine that could, and we were expanding. And, you know, a lot of companies looked at us, great institutional uh, banks, you know, different firms. And fortunately, we partnered with First Service, NASDAQ public company out of uh, Toronto, Canada. And it's been a phenomenal uh, partnership. We work with everybody on residential, commercial, but, you know, they have their brands as well. You know, it's sort of pro painters is under first service, Paul Davis restoration, California closets. Now they have first onsite, the largest restoration, you know, vertical, I think in this country. Um, wow. so it's been phenomenal. For Let's, sure. I'd love to back up just to unpack a couple of things because there are so many things here. Yeah. So where does your family from? So when your grandfather, great grandfather started this business, Polish immigrants coming in, uh, so we, he we, was, when did he immigrant? That's immigrate. That's what I want to know. He, from Poland here. Or when? When? What oh, year? so eighteen ninety eight. He comes oh, over. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, we're early. 
very early. I'm talking wow. about, you know, at a very young age coming to Newark, mm -hmm. to Jersey. Somehow had a, a Polish immigrant meets a Russian immigrant <laughs> and we got a good combo. And yeah, it was off to the races. My, like I mentioned, like, so he starts young. I love this story. Uh, family older. And, my and then my mentor, so when I came in 98, my grandfather, Irwin, who I mentioned went to World War II, comes back. He, from Bernard, with the, the fourth, my fourth generation, really took all of this to another level in terms of just sophisticated, you know, at the time, like, you know, what we could do. And I got to work with him from 98, 2000. He passed away, unfortunately, in, in early 2000. And I got to work with him. In, it's when a I, great experience. Yeah. Oh, the best. The yeah. best. What, do you know what branch of the service he was in during World War II? Like, I, what did he I, do? I do not. No, I do not I, it's very rare. And I'm sure it's possible that you'll find it, but it's very rare that you find someone who comes out of World War II and doesn't have a success story after that. Meaning, right, like you, something happens, I imagine, during World War II. And you, yeah, when I, you get home, you're like, I'm going to work my tail off. I think that instills a lot of appreciation I, for what you have here. <laughs> yeah. And believe me, I'm sure he was happy to go serve and come back and happy to come home no question and so then and then you said your dad and your uncle his brother yep they take over the company in the 70s and they yep. go and in go, different and directions they both went, so my dad i mentioned is pen you know so luckily my grandfather this business provided the opportunity mm. for my for the third generation to go to college and that was pretty cool right and so yeah, my uncle just, goes to maryland my dad you, goes to Penn. you gotta they, hold on a second you gotta hold on a second right that <laughs> I mean, the idea that what you can, what you do today, how you spend your days today can have a significant positive impact on your children's children's it's, children. It's the best. It's the it's, if that's not a wake up call for everyone listening to this show. No, I know for everybody, like for me, just even to where I am today, wow. you know, it's such a daunting feeling of the impact that we have. You know, I have 4,800 and growing as a team, their lives, their families. I want to provide a found, not just me, this plan team who our COO is a janitor cleaning Lollapalooza concerts and clinics and banks. And he runs, you know, a, a large company. We have vice presidents who were security guards and were janitors and executive directors. So to have the, 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 it's so it's humbling, but to, to know it's that humbling, you, it's amazing. Do that, and to have that promote from within as a reality, and mm -hmm. to want to create career paths, opportunity, you know, for for growth here, it's or anywhere to give the skill sets is it's the best, and I think it's that's amazing. why also our employees, I believe, you know, for being this where we are today and where we're going tomorrow. You know, they know, I believe that we live it and care so much that even with how big we are, and I'll give you a quick topic, but, you know, 85% of our workforce is non-union and we're not anti-union. 15% is site-specific, United Workers of America, Local 68, where it makes sense, but we're not a company where our employees, I think, need to feel that they can't go to HR or to ops. I think they know that we're trying to get up every day and make not just that you have a job, but that we're building and growing to create other jobs and more opportunity and that you don't need to have these arbitrary, you know, type of rules thrown in and bumping and this and that, that the actions here. So I know it's a digression, but I no, think that's why we're able important. to do what we're, one of the reasons we're doing and clients love us for it. Employees love us and kind of live Ralph on this happy employees become loyal, you know, service profit chain, happy clients become loyal. Your why isn't just to make money and to be profitable, our why or our mission, right, is to enhance the quality of life for the very lives that we so proudly service, those who work with us and those we work for, and we passionately live it. That's how we did it. So it's yes, really it's, great. it's awesome. It's an awesome and, feeling. And you know, let me put let me put this out there as well, because I love the idea that your great grandfather was able to take a squeegee in a bucket and create a future for future generations. It's just yeah. amazing. And when I first started in commercial cleaning, I've been cleaning my whole life and, you know, just kind of like cleaning condos. Now I'm cleaning houses. Now I'm cleaning at a hotel, you know, but actual commercial cleaning, I got picked up by a commercial cleaning company. So I was working in a nursing home cleaning and then they, they hired a commercial cleaning company. And this is what I didn't realize at the time. If I would, if they did not come in, if they're a commercial company, cleaning company did not come in and take over the commercial cleaning services, 
I was at my ceiling in the nursing home. I was a housekeeping director. That was it. There was no regional right. housekeeping director. There was no district or house. So that's why it's so valuable to have companies like yours. There are so many, you can be, you can start out being yeah. an operations person, a, a frontline cleaner, frontline supervisor, and become the COO yeah. of the third largest cleaning company, <laughs> facilities janitorial company yeah. in the United States. And we I are mean, trying, I love it. And we're trying to create more career paths with our industry partners, looking with NAA, National Apartment Association, with BOMA, with others. Can we create career paths where if they're not, if the ceiling for desk or security or maintenance is here, do you have opportunity elsewhere? Could they do leasing? Could they do management? Could they go into other ancillary brands that are in the service fields? And I'm that, you know, and I think offline we'll talk about it, but we're trying to create real pathways so that with this tight and tough labor market, with wanting to attract and retain quality individuals who will want to move through and forward, can we create tracks within the industry so that it is motivating and they're putting the time, okay, I'll work the desk here. What could be next? Well, you could go into leasing. You could go into management. Take these this coursework. It's going to develop you anyway, and then see how you can do because we're all in a customer service world anyway. And imagine, I'm trying to kind of make their luck by you get up every day and you are on, Disney-like on, yeah. you know? Then why don't we recognize and reward you in some way for putting in that time, if you know, because I do see the push and pull right now in the labor market, Ralph, like I have not seen in a couple decades. And that mm-hmm. is the loyalty uh, part of it. They're not going to stick around for, you know, just because of a, a few, I guess, things that go on. They like the recognition. They want to get it onboarded the right way. They, you've got to have the right systems, but the team, the world wants more and they want to yeah. pack. And we're on it, working diligently to make sure that we offer that up. It is very smart. I am, you're really talking that you're hitting my sweet spot, really, because <laughs> I really love the question. I don't have the answer. It's a question. And that is, and I think it behooves everybody to ask this question sincerely. And it sounds like you really are. And the question is this, how do you take a front, like, how do you take an employee in, regardless of their level, regardless of where they come from? How do you intake an employee? And if they want to, and they have the ability, how do you move them from entry level to the top? What are the steps? And you got to be mindful and you have to be yeah. proactive. You can't, I love that your company, your company's name, Plan Companies. You have to have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> right? Can't you wing have, it. You can't wing it. And it's so super important because I think what gets kind of lost in this, right? there's two different tracks that I'm interested in and one track more than the other. There's organizational behavior and then there's organizational development. And somewhere in the middle is something called organizational psychology. I'm sure you know all this, right? Where you're kind of looking at the combination of both. And I think if I were to continue my studies, that's where I'd want to be, right in the middle. Because I'm less interested in organizational behavior as I am in organizational development, only because I like the idea of people being able to choose. But I, what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to say is, instead of trying to go, hey, let's develop a company where people are motivated and they feel appreciated, instead create an environment where people who are motivated <laughs> can come in and, and excel, right? Like it's, yeah. it may be a nuanced kind of- No, I, but you certainly, if they're not motivated, they're not going to take to the development or to the path. So you certainly want to keep that fire going. And I think it planned mm-hmm. when the world was, when we were doing our town halls together, when we, you know, we love the get-togethers of recognizing, having these moments where you're impacting and inspiring and recognizing. And so we look to do that always. Like that's part of the planned culture. We work very hard. We have a great time, you know, celebrating our our, our milestones and, and we keep going on the journey because that's very important. But yes, they need then what tracks or what development is next. And I think that's where we're trying with technology, with effective communication, with Things that we're doing to reach the hearts and minds, as I like to say, of the team offer different and let's say more choices than the pack. And we take pride in doing it. And I think part of the good for us of being in a public domain and having this infrastructure is we can. We can create systems to reach over 4,500, 4,800 dedicated 
and growing team members and in English, in Spanish and get, you know, click this link for this, you know, survey or this contest or this mm -hmm. information, especially like during a pandemic where you want to get information out consistently to log in here or, or click here to make it easy to take this course or mm -hmm. to, to opt in. And so there's so many things that we can develop it. We can roll it out in a very efficient way. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's super important. I like the idea. I have a friend, John Disselkamp, who owns a cleaning company in Louisville, Kentucky. And he says, I was, we were talking about staffing because staffing is such a bear. And I said, how do you, you know, how are you doing with staffing? And he goes, I generally don't hire anybody who's currently on a couch. I only, <laughs> I only hire people who are currently working. And it's such an interesting, right? Like, cause we're talking right. about motivation yeah. and it's to his point, it's way better to find motivated and people who are already motivated than to try to motivate them. Like yeah. you can only incentivize so much, you know, you are so right. Like in part of, so a hiring methodology I took from another four generation family Nordstrom hire for attitude, train for skill. We can train skill sets. You Makes can't sense. teach someone to be a positive person, your friends, right? Like if they're not passionate inside or motivated, it's hard to teach someone to be positive, to be passionate, to have integrity. So we use a thing called iPlan, but a methodology for screening uh, to break, to come into this plan society, integrity, passion, longevity, wanting a career, not a job, attitude, being positive and never being complacent. And we use our, it's like our predictive index of, could you make it here? Now, I wish it was a perfect, there's no perfect science. These are incredible human beings on the journey. And I try to, I'd love to perfect the retention aspect of this business, or there's no perfect, but to get to a turnover that is the best in the industry. And I think we are getting there. In yeah, terms I of, agree. You know, employee agree. retention, which is huge. We got it. We have ways to go, but we're getting there. Warren Buffett, and I just wrote it down this morning. So forgive me for just looking at my notes, but Warren Buffett said he hires for three things, integrity, initiative, and what was the third one? Integrity, initiative, and intelligence. Isn't that fantastic? Warren Buffett's right. <laughs> fantastic. I mean, you know, if you're just hiring and winging it, I mean, they, so their plan, they're a hundred and year plus organization at your desk in your building. If he or she does not care and is not on, they're not going to care about our history, our culture, what our training is. All They're going to say, you're not performing well. And yet you have all these things like you. And so things are going to happen. I always, when we go in, I'm like, you're going to, there's going to be things that happen in our industry. That's what makes our industry so fun. It's never yeah. boring. You never know what one day is going to be to the next, but your consistency level, the continuity needs to be at a certain, a certain point. So I certainly never boring, you know, no question. and it hasn't changed and it won't change. I think, you know, generationally it's, yeah. It's, to go back and touch a little bit more on the history and you may not know the answer to this, but I, in my mind, it's gorgeous. So you have your dad and his brother coming into the family business and it seems like they both separated. One took the mid-Atlantic and the other took yep. like maybe the Eastern coast. And how much did each of those two grow based on mere competition, brotherly head, but yeah. you know, so, in my mind, it's gorgeous, yeah. right? They, they're, so they're both very driven, great, you know. So my uncle has done a tremendous job as a private company in the mid-Atlantic and is one of the best ones there and has done amazing. And then I think he's proud of his nephew, godson, and what his brother have done over here. I think there's, there in the beginning, probably there was a little bit more. I hope there was you know, some. Your podcast. I don't, you know, yeah, I don't uh, mean right. head bunting. I mean, you know, I mean, calling up like, hey, just sign another account. What are you doing, lazy? You know what I mean? Like that yeah, kind I, of. I, I will say, Ralph, maybe part of the reason why in 1984 versus sticking, I'm not going to do it on the podcast, but maybe it was healthier to have the businesses go <laughs> and, and keep one area and whatever. But you know that I think in any, family business, of but course. they have, they are, uh, you know, they're very close and they've definitely, uh, they take pride in, in what they built. But I'll, I'll say one thing that you had mentioned earlier that I want to just, it's on my, in my journey at the company now, 23 years, I'm 48. I love it. How daunting it was for me in the beginning, as we were growing, you know, I came in, we were like 8 million. The culture needed real a real change, like a what was your, like what was your first what was your first role in the company? I'm talking I, post yeah, post graduating college. What you came in and you did what? So I graduate and actually I went to Anderson. I went to Delsner Slater Enterprises doing in-house ticket sales for a concert promoter oh. for like two to three months. 
That was interesting. I went so to you Viacom. Didn't go right into the family business. Oh no, I wasn't going to go oh. and spend their money on an IV and an education, and then go in the. And actually, I didn't even really at the time. I was open to what the world might have to offer as well. So I went worked for you know ticket promote. It was craziness, craziness at sixty seventh in Madison. Went to Viacom for a short period of time, but I was a communications major, and it made sense. You know, doing pay per view event sales for like the Tyson when he went out of jail, McNeely. Fight. Wow, big, yeah, big yeah. Then I went to Anderson Consulting, that's Accenture, for two years. And I was an analyst for a PeopleSoft installation in Chicago and lived in Chicago while living in New York for oh, like 10 months. I never understood why they would fly. They, I could work right in their headquarters, do a lot of jobs locally. Why would you have me every week fly to Chicago, live in Chicago, and do this project? But I did it. <laughs> and then I realized, you know what? I could do this. I could go and become a consultant. I could do, I could become a partner here. You know, I could grind, you know, for maybe 12, 15 years, or I could maybe join the family business, you know, after I paid, you know, my dues and went out there. So in 98, I joined in April. My first role was really, I lived in New York from 95 to 07, met my wife there. We have our kids there and I would hit the ground and grow the business, you know, so business development where you could walk into any building at the time, nice. see anybody. It was a so different world. Sales. What is it? Oh, sales. sales. And I know, and I did ops, meaning okay, I would get actually sold it and ran it. I would help. Look, we had someone running ops. We had groups. I just couldn't help but get involved almost in, in everything. Like operationally, like the young man at the time who's been with us 21 years, who's the COO, he started in 2000, in June of 2000. I would go at this at Astrid all the time, you know, like about different things while I was trying to close this deal, close that deal. And then I would look at our payroll and I'd look at our HR. I'd look at finance. I'd look at, I would look at it all from a lens of, are we delivering for our clients? Are we handling the team the right way in terms of, you know, onboarding the right way, delivering the right way? If there's a payroll issue, are we fixing it immediately so there's not an issue? Like I really wanted to culturally, and so did my family. But I think you know, you when you're you got the energy and you're kind of in, you can look at all of it. And quite frankly, like ninety percent of the team that was there before I got there, and I, I'll take it as a bad part or a good part, changed to get to where we are. You know, it, it took breaking some eggs and doing some things to make this work. And, and that kind know, of attrition is pretty common. Yeah. Not just in our industry, but in all industries, especially at that top echelon. Our yeah. industry, our attrition's a little... I think now I, we have disability, but we have I, in the beginning. That attrition was there, but now I think planned from the departments. I have individuals who've been with this company 20 years, 19 years, 18 years, and growing, whose families, like you said, for college, for, for, um, you know, for education, for their lives, I feel like we're doing such impactful stuff. But what was daunting for me was as we would grow, and things were happening, that group of orientation or those town halls or business meetings where they fly in to see us, I was like beyond nervous. And I'm like, why would they fly in to see us? Or why are there 200 people here? And this is too much responsibility. And I think it took me a long time to get, and I'm never, I'm never fully there. I'm always, you know, pumped up but to get comfortable that we should be you know, a 30,000, 20,000 person, you know, billion dollar company, not because of, you know, like some, you know, brass ring, but because we're, we're living it. We're out there really doing it. So it took a while though, to be comfortable that people might fly in or, or that I'm going to speak to hundreds of people or whatever, because we have something or that all these lives want to make sure, how are you handling a pandemic? What are you doing in terms of communication? How are they doing? How are you doing the PPE? What's your health and wellness check system? How do you make sure disinfecting? And it was a lot, but I feel like it took a while, but you know, not just me, but I think my team who really stepped up and it's a very tough environment. I think a lot of us have grown up in our roles, more comfortable in our skin where we we really think we're just kind of scratching the surface of what we're going to be. And, and yeah. I, quite frankly, I love when I watch your, like to watch the podcast, I see we're all entrepreneurs in some ways, but I see the starting passion and fire. And I love it because I look at like, okay, I was like that in, you know, 10 years ago. I was like that in the beginning. I'm still kind of like that. 
and I think it's it's awesome. Yeah, I agree. And and to to just highlight what you're talking about, you're talking about this whole mindset shift, which and it doesn't matter. This mindset shift, by the way, is incremental. It doesn't happen all at once, right? I mean, I remember when I first started my first cleaning business, cleaning houses on my own. The idea of having somebody clean yeah. an account for me without me being there. Yeah. I mean, I was a mind right. shift. That was really hard to do because I felt I was the only one who could clean. I was the only one who could do such a good job. And there's no way to grow unless you get that, if, unless you get over that hurdle. Yeah. And so then you're so right. It's yeah. the same thing that you went through it's because so it's hard. just another step, but it's the same transition. It's the same mindset that you have to overcome. Yep. And it's and, and it's trust and it's culture and it's and it's development because believe me, I used to tell people, call my home, call myself, and I was wearing that with such a badge. And then when I partnered up with First Service, they're like, look, the fact that they can call you is great, but they shouldn't have to yeah. call you. Yeah, and I get it. At some you point, need, you're getting in the way of the operation. You need you know the group to embody the culture and the values. Mm-hmm. And if they do that in you know we're in Atlanta and we're in the Mid Atlantic, so you know. And if they're doing it in, we have like six main markets, I'd say, if they're doing it in those markets in California, in Boston, through the Northeast Corridor, then you're doing something special. And I, we say like, you know, the burger needs to taste the same. You know, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Market. We have to, you know, so what we're delivering from screening, recruitment, training and development, startup, net promoter, voice of the client, voice of the associate inspections, quality control has to be systematic. The heart has got to be there. Now things can be nuanced for the building, whatever, but your core needs to be there. And that's how you grow. I've never sub, you know, good or bad. I don't sub out a lot. I mean, very, very little. It has to be some big thing. I think that's where I kind of lose a little bit of, well, why don't you, I don't, I love our industry. I have a lot of vendor partner colleagues and I love the ebb and flow, but I haven't subbed out very much. Yeah. I do believe in our system. I just mm-hmm. wish I had a bigger, got to get a bigger farm system, a bigger bench going with the labor market. Cause th- I mean, they have your, like your, the assisted living healthcare. I bet you could line up. There are probably one, a thousand individuals right now, trained, qualified, ready to go. Like from what I'm hearing. So a million percent, there's over 50,000 healthcare facilities in the United States. Is there really? I mean, they, yeah. There's 17,000 or just under 17,000. Maybe it's under 16,000, 15,000, something nursing homes. There's 7,000 hospitals. There's like, there's, I think there's like 35,000 senior care facilities. Wow. So just take that vertical alone where the people, the products and the process, you can't fake better be spot on. And you see what, you know, when they're not, or when things aren't, I mean, same with schools, like the plan is really getting in schools now, charter schools, private schools, public, Mm -hmm. you know, I have two kids now they're 16 and 15. Like I want the schools cleaned a certain way. Yeah, percent. You know, and so I, that's what I'm like, we really should be pushing to get into schools because I wouldn't leave that to just anyone to make sure that environment is handled methodically in the right way. And nursing homes and assisted living, you know, they're very important that you have that down. Otherwise, you know, absolutely. And it's very, you know, it's very, it's highly regulated. So the CDC has always got their nose in it. The Department of Health's got their nose in it. Right. Yeah, I'm sure they, the do, their, they do their check. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. And I'm sure that they... Yeah. You have to be from a lot of these facilities now. Yeah. Spot on. And you know, this is so funny. I'm going to say it this way. The number one thing that the CDC and the Department of Health or the Department of the DOH, the number one, or CMS, the number one thing that they require for cleaning in healthcare is to have a plan. Come on, that's good advertisement right there, right, friend? Yeah, there we go. And by the way, now, now Ralph, I'm like, I'm going to get off the podcast. Like, we're going into healthcare. We're, we're, we're planned. We're going to tell them. We're going to just take their plan, modify a plan. Right, you know, we'll have to go after and talk about. It, but, but if, it's amazing. It makes our industry so great. I mean, so great. I mean, churches, schools, restaurants, everywhere you look, anywhere you look, everywhere and you everyone look. has their niche or their vertical. Mm-hmm. And I heard you in another podcast talk about. Well, with the commercial and, and office environment, how did it affect, you know, you asked, I think, Dana, I think. And for us, thank God we're diversified in, in different markets. So You're talking about more, for COVID. How did COVID affect yeah, like you? COVID affected, you know, now mm-hmm. it's like, sure. and, and so to be, to have that diversity of verticals, to have condo, co-op, multifamily, school, yeah. and watching the commercial and corporate to the tune of 30 to 40 million feet kind of get suspended. I was bullish that it would come back by now. 
I was wrong. I didn't have in my, I really, you know, the variant, which is really, you know, it slowed things down Mm -hmm. uh, rightfully. So when it all comes back, I'm bullish that people will come back to work. I think that's just intrinsic in our nature. We're lucky that we just had different verticals going during Mm -hmm. this time. But I think that's what makes our business so, all of us, so interesting. You don't have to be a one, you know, one type of janitorial company or one type of security company. You really, if you have the right, you know, systems, the right people, the right process, you know, you can do a great deal in this business. I agree. And you know, it's funny. And I don't mean funny. haha. I just mean funny as in, as in when you start understanding business and I'm going to speak to you, I know, you know what I'm going to say here, but when you start understanding the fundamentals of business, you kind of see it in all things. Everywhere you look, I mean, I go to a restaurant and I start counting staff. It drives my wife crazy. I'm like, oh, we're staffed crazy. He's like, would you not worry about that? I love it. My deli, my deli in Melbourne is over. I don't, is overstaffed. I'm like, I literally count like 30. So I'm like, you guys, I'm great though. If they can get it, same you know, here. you can take it. I'm like, uh, same here. It, it's worse when they're overstaffed. You know, they're overstaffed and the service is still slow. Like, yeah. I'm happening? like, it could be a little faster. I'm like, I'm like, come on guys. You got 20 people back. Yeah. But I think. I think that with that understanding that once you're in business and you kind of understand the fundamentals of business and you can kind of see it in everything, it is so easy to see an opportunity in a current place that you're already doing business and going, I can take over the concierge department. Yeah. You know, what's popular in healthcare actually for cleaning departments is to take over transportation. Yeah. I, I've not done that yet. Yeah, no, like I, I'm just like- saying it's, you know, it's just another it is. You're talking about shuttle valet. Is that you mean, or you know what? I I'm talking about two things that are right. so opposite when it comes to transportation. <laughs> and when I I was working in a hospital in Pennsylvania, and when I first heard that we took over transportation, you know, like hey, we also do transportation here. I was like, okay, I thought the same thing. Okay, yeah, like, so right. this, a shuttle, a bus, I, a, I see the valet a, stuff. A valet, on. yeah. It's also moving bodies, so transporting deceased. Oh, so even well, that kind of transportation, okay, I was like, yeah, you're Ralph, you're in a, cause that your vertical is, it, it, <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I'm hoping everyone's alive. Well, I'm trying to enhance their quality of life, not then drag them out when, Listen, they, when it, they die. In the cleaning <laughs> business, we have to take care of everything. So yes, we uh, do. <laughs> you know, floods, uh, you know, that's why with the first onset with the having, I mean, this hurricane that was going to come through, thankfully in your, in Long Island. I know we were, we were storm, for it. Yeah. We have very, you know, we, we get calls about that, and that's where luckily, you know, you can have a group that can mm-hmm. help, but you never know what's going to So you have to have the resources and to be able to move bodies, not dead bodies, but move yeah. other like, actual bodies to help. That's funny, people. though, that's what you meant. And so <laughs> do, you, do you do that vertical as well now? <laughs> yeah, so that's part of it. In healthcare, wow. in hospitals, it's very common. Somebody has to move the deceased down to the morgue area, and you can't pull a nurse off the unit to do it. and. So well, uh, it falls to housekeeping or to the cleaning department to go ahead and, and do transport. That's not, that easy. Way. It, that's not easy. It Like I said, the first time it's all, it reminds me of the first time I cleaned an operating room. First time I went in to do the operating room cleaning. And I remember this guy saying, he's training me and we're dressed all up in the white little mop gear. You know, he goes, do you like Thanksgiving dinner? I'm like, you know, who doesn't like Thanksgiving? Doesn't like he's it. like, he's like, when you go in there, sometimes it can be a mess. Anytime, you know, just, Think of it like cranberry sauce. It's just somebody spilled cranberry sauce on the floor. And I'm like, that's not a thing. You get in there and you're like, all right, it's just cranberry sauce. It's just cranberry sauce. It's just cranberry sauce. Yeah, yeah. Your mind has to clear you just, it to go. You know, yeah. Because you know, it's a whole it's different from sweeping up dust and mopping a floor and buffing. You know, that is that's by the way, you said you had a 15 and a 16 year old. I hope you're teaching them how to do good floor care. They're good running buffers. You know, or- both, have, both have been to plan. Our headquarters is in Parsippany. My son has taken a particular liking, uh, not just to this, but there's a pool division. So there's American pools and the amenity collective. So he, they have Heartline and Live for, he's met the founder, awesome. uh, the, the CEO, Mitch Friedlander. He's like, dad, I want to, I want to work there. I'm like, you don't want to work in, um, in he's like, you know, so he's into that. Cause I think he thinks it's all fun. He loves to swim and it's all sure, glamorous. Sure. I'm like, not all fun and games, but he, yeah. both of them, I'd love to see do what they want. I want to empower yeah, them of course. to go, of course. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if we had a fifth generation there. If, if they want, like I've always felt even being public now and we have ownership, thankfully this runs to me like a family, like a family business, same heart. You know, they really, uh, empowered. Their model is perfect for those that really 
want to have that culture and feel. I never felt from any day that this isn't mine or my family's in terms of what we do. And it's like a great mentor or coach in terms of what they've instilled. And two of them, you know, at the time, oh, wait, green, green cleaning. I'm a lead AP. Felt it could be huge, you know? Now everyone wants everything killed, eradicated. Don't, you know, like, like, you know it's like, don't tell me that you're going to preserve everything, like kill it all. To- I'm from Vermont, so I'm a big tree hugger. I am, right. I'm very environmentally conscious. It looked conscious. like it was going to be a huge move. Every building going to be gold or silver. And, and, and I, I loved it. And I took this yeah. test harder than, than the SAT, than the LSAT. I got my, <laughs> I got my MBA. I took the GMAT. At NYU, working. You didn't study for it, though, nearly as much as this, right? (laughs) It was crazy. And then Net Promoter that I mentioned, but you know what? With Net Promoter, where, you know, it's a, you know, Fred Reich held the loyalty effect, you know, the ultimate question how likely uh, would it be to recommend planned to a friend or a colleague, zero through 10? You know, nine or 10, they're promoters, zero through six, they're detractors, and then seven, eight, they're on the fence. And there's a whole system around it. It's made this company so much better. Because if you take that feedback and listen and respond and acknowledge and look in the mirror and don't think that, you know, and really just start to understand, you can really address. And some of the things, as you know, Ralph and the viewers, like it could be the uniforms. It could be the way you're sending reports. It could be how you're billing. Mm-hmm. It could be something that's very fixable, but it does. And, and if you just listen to the feedback, you know, our retention's been, you can't grow if you don't retain. Our retention's been huge. And so those two things have really helped, but yeah, it's a nice entrepreneurial feel here. And yeah, uh, it's really great. Yeah, it's I, cool. I'm such a, you know, when it comes to cleaning, if there's one area, like if you could only clean one thing in a building, one thing in a school, one thing in a CIA, in a federal building, in a nursing home, a hospital, it's the floor. It's the floor. When you floor. come in the first, when you, it's the first impression. So when you walk in, it's the lobby or the, do you the know, front. Do you know clean. what the number one area of complaint is for housekeeping? Like, you just said it. It's the front entrance. Is it for, I, was, I, was, yeah, front I thought you were going to trick me. Yeah. So I was going nope. to go like, like elevator tracks. No, nope. you, know, like, no, no, no. you know what number two is? What is number two? Public bathrooms. That would make sense. So number one is the front entrance. So the way it presents when you walk yeah. in, number two is when you're using the bathroom, you're like, who the heck cleans in here? So number two, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's so super important. Housekeeping is two things, right? It's presentation and it's cleaning. Yeah. I actually think it looks. So with this time, you know, I used to say our team can't be nameless and faceless. Put the name. So Rob's cleaning here. Amanda's over there. You know, Johnny's over there. Let the tenant and the resident know who the cleaner is. They're a person. They have feelings. And so when the public restroom could use tidying and we might have, you and I might've cleaned it beautifully by the book. And five minutes later, it, you can't tell that they just did everything. They might go to Gloria, to Amanda, to Johnny, to Rob and say, Gloria, do you mind? I don't know. Do you mind? Like there, I think someone put all this, the, the paper towels spread out or they, you know, to going to the, the lead and saying the lobby last couple of days, I've noticed, you know, the little streakage in the back, you know? And so I take pride in the fact that we've been making, that's been before the pandemic, but trying to do in a psychology way, like know your cleaners, know your desk, know your guards. Because when they're human and you feel it, you know, they're not apt to just go at the cleaning company because there's heart and people to it. And then you really can get things done. If you care, if you're professional and all of that, you have the table stakes, but then they'll go to the person whose livelihood and career might be that floor, you know, or that building. I wonder, I was working and I told a story before, I I was working at a hospital in Pennsylvania and we were having a real problem with HCAP scores, which are survey results from people who would go in for healthcare, you know, to get a broken hip or broken leg, whatever. After they were in the hospital for a few days, they'd go home and they'd get a survey in the mail. And that survey would be turned into an HCAP score. And that HCAP score is what the government uses to base reimbursement on for hospitals. So you can imagine the HCAP score is pretty important, plays a pretty significant role in how much money you get paid. Yeah, if it impacts impacts funding. It it impacts everything. That's right. And we had a real problem in the environmental services because we were getting really low scores or our scores were really low because when we drilled down, we're like, hey, can we actually see the surveys to see what the heck they're saying? They would write when it says environmental services, you know, and the question is, were they, you know, did the cleaners clean often enough, right? So it's not 
were they there every day or three times a day? It was according to you, you know, how were they there enough, right? It's up to them. And they were putting NA. Now imagine that. NA. Now, non-applicable, which is NA, on a did your housekeepers clean enough is a red flag and a half. And what we learned is that people traditionally that are in a hospital during the day, which is when we're cleaning their area, are either in surgery, getting x-rays, at therapy, or recovering from one of those. And so they're sleeping. And so they never saw the housekeeper. Right. So we weren't getting any credit. And so we tried everything. We tried wrapping the toilet paper, you know, put a little sticker on, a little V on the toilet. But we tried wrapping the toilet seat and, you yep, know, with little breakables and so showing it was clean. We tried little tent cards that put on the overbed tables. We tried, we tried giving them newspapers with sticky and, notes on it from and, the and, cleaning department. None of it worked. You know what eventually worked, Rob? Putting, an eye, a, a bat of their face. Putting, on a, putting their name on the whiteboard. On a, Okay. Yep. So every hospital, every patient room has a whiteboard. And it has your doctor is, your nurse Love is, it. has like and a little you, note. And you know, your and your yep. And Maria, Johnny. Exactly. Your, your housekeeper is Maria, your housekeeper is John, whatever. Yep. And, and, that, and it made a world. And what about on their person? Could you did, like But they weren't seeing the person. That was the problem. Oh, that's right. Okay. So they're they seeing the person. And so it changed. I'm talking day and night light switch. Yep. We went from getting no recognition to getting the best recognition because they knew because if their name doesn't change every day, by the way, it doesn't work, right? <laughs> right every, the, nobody's changed that name. You see how that little, that one step, and that's what I keep looking for with hiring, onboarding, like that one thing probably may, and then I take it the next time they did the- uh, The age cap scores, a million percent different. It really made a difference. So I, I tell you that story because you're talking about name tags and getting recognition. Wouldn't it be- f- Fun, interesting. Wouldn't it be? I'm so curious. You know what I love? I'm so all over the place here. I apologize. It's cool. You're you're talking my wheel. I'm just so into this. I try to look. This is what I try to. The whole team, though. That's why when you asked me when I started, I'm like, I look at all. I know. A mad professor like you do. I want to figure out and connect dots that no one's connected. If you do, it's magic. If you don't, you're just like everybody else. Agreed. And this is why I love being a strategist because you can just kind of encompass it all. One of my favorite buttons that I've ever seen was on a cashier at the grocery market. And it says, new associate. This cashier could be the slowest person in the universe, making mistake after mistake. And everyone in line gives her a pass because we see she's new. Yeah. If I see that associate with a button that says five years yep. and they're slow, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Seriously? Like you near five years? You don't have this down? Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I see that the person's brand new, I've seen him like, please be patient, new person in training, you know, new. Oh my God. I have management toolboxes that I give out when I do seminars and stuff. And in it, I have buttons that say uh, new manager, you know, please be kind. That kind of thing. I'm going to, I'm going to see what we do when we have the associates that's going through the training and how, how we could maybe make it a more pleasant. And it seems that you're saying the general public, like I was making a reservation at a restaurant where on the machine, they're saying, please be patient. We, we also have new and we're short staffed and we have new staff. So anticipate that your meal might take longer. And I'm thinking, oh, they've really already set the stage. Yeah. That I like it a lot. There, good food. Yeah. So you're that gonna, was, it's going to be a long time. So let's marry the two together. So one, we have the idea that if the person knows who the housekeeper is, just knowing that that person exists is enough to convince me they've been here. Yep. Which, by the way, is one of the biggest challenges we have in residential cleaning because my wife, we have a person who comes in every two weeks and cleans our house because we don't just have a cleaning company. We support cleaning companies. Anyway, that's my <laughs> mantra. <laughs> <laughs> just like a, as a side, look, yeah, we're not just an entrepreneur. We're not in I support home, entrepreneurs. Like the individual houses. Yeah. But to be in someone's home, their high rise, their HOA, mm-hmm. their lifestyle, mm-hmm. it's so important to- Agreed identify with the individual and to know their name, who they are. Agreed. I think turnover, of course, I think is reduced because they feel part of the community right. as well. By our cleaner, her name is Hilda. Hilda has a real challenge with us because my wife, as much as I try to stop her, <laughs> she cleans before Hilda comes. She makes the kids clean before the Hilda comes. Hilda, she makes the announcement on Monday. Hilda's going to be here on Wednesday. Hilda's coming on Wednesday. Make sure everything's picked up in your room. 
And the kid, we all look at her. Why is so Hilda comes in, in and for the, the Peterson household, she's like, "This is the best gig. I'm just going to do. I'll do the laundry." I mean, I don't like you know, like you know, that's actually so, very. It's funny. So what does Hilda struggle with the most? Hilda struggles the most with credit. Because now we're not home when Hilda's here. And then we come home. My wife is going to look for evidence. Was she here? I don't know if she was here. Let me see. Oh, the bed was made. Okay. So the bed was made because I left the sheets off the bed so that I know she was. So my point is that, again, just full circle, we're talking about how do you get credit? And so how do you clean up? How do you let somebody know that John was the one who cleaned the bathroom? Could you imagine having a picture of John, picture of Kim, a picture of your cleaner that, or the name of, but you know, it's that personalized, it, not your bath. The people had those signs in the, uh, behind the door, you know, your cl- bathroom is cleaned every 30 minutes and you could see the initial. No, no, I mean, eight seconds not, for a bathroom to yeah. get destroyed. I don't know about that initial, right? So, <laughs> right. I'm with you. But imagine if there's a picture of Kimberly, you know, Kimberly's cleaning today. This is what she looks like. Find her in the store. Right. If you no, I like that. You know, so right. that in, for a residential, here's or the I wish again, or, it would be consistent, but here's your desk. Here yeah. you're going. And they can identify with the individual. It's a warmer feel. And with career paths, so we talked about way earlier, that stability and continuity should be there more. And then you update it. Like we have like baseball cards and everyone's got, yeah. here's Hilda, yeah. here's Oh, she's from here. Yeah. Just a couple things that, to I identify. Know. I like that. You know, they do that in they do that in Vegas. There's a hotel in Vegas called the Excalibur. And the Excalibur, I stayed there a bunch of years ago, but I still have the card because it's amazing. So you go to the Excalibur, you check into your room, and on the bed or maybe next to the on the dresser, there's a card from the housekeeper. And it says we want your stay to be as pleasant as possible. If you forgot anything, if you need anything, if there's any issues with your room, if you need some extra supplies, call housekeeping. And then it says your housekeeper's name is, and then the person writes their name and they're from, and because Vegas is the city that nobody's born in, but everybody works right, there. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so, you know, she's from Florida or wherever she's yeah. from. Keep in mind here. I know we're running out of time. We're over time. Wait, there's no time limit. I apologize. And if I, I'm keeping and I, you. I, you know, and I, I'll come one day. If you want to have me, I'd love to come back one day. Do it so, again, yeah. You know, you know, good matter, but this is great. And it was a fun hour. It really Yeah, was. I appreciate it. So my only point is that they could have said anything. They could have said, we want your stay to be great. We want you, if you need anything, call concierge. They could have said, call the front desk, call the general manager, call maintenance, call laundry, call the hotel next door. No, they said, call housekeeping. Yeah, it's good. My final by word. The way, the by the way, it probably impacts, just, <laughs> probably impacts, and I not, I don't, I want our group to get their bonuses and recognition from planned. And then if there's a year end thing, so they should never ask, but in a hotel environment, when you leave the room, if you know who is cleaning it and where they're from, you might leave a tip. You may, and that's not what, more likely, more likely, of course, and likely. all of those psychological things matter in terms of the overall experience. And so the more that we've come out of the shadows and into the forefront, because what we do is important and it's more important now, the better and stronger our industry is. So anyway, I love it today. Thanks, Ralph. This was very cool. Thank you so much out. for being on. I, I was looking forward to having you on and I'm so excited to get to know you more. I'm such a big fan of plan companies and thank you. It's thank you. really amazing. And to even think for a second that I can't, I mean, it would be so great to be able to have a conversation with your great grandfather and go, can you see what you built? I mean, <laughs> look at so, this. Part of, that's part of the dump. They'd be very proud of what we're, I the legacy and what we're building. He would be, he would be fuels the, the fire. Yeah. But look, not, we'll, we'll stay in touch for you and I yeah. offline. And I hope, look, I feel like we're just starting. Me so too. Gotta, we, you know, so it's the best. I appreciate, I appreciate you. everything you're doing for this industry, everything you're doing for your team, everything Thank you're doing you. for. Well, this is great. So great. Thank you so much. That's Thank it you. for us at the House Heroes Podcast. This was almost the cleanest hour in podcasting. <laughs> I think Rob cursed a little bit. We're going to let it slide. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only once. And then I realized, you know what? I don't, I don't want to lose the, the PG rating. So it was yeah, you know, it's, you know, like putting my card away. I also try my hardest to be the type of person who doesn't curse. So we're, <laughs> it doesn't always work. It doesn't always work, but I try my best. <laughs> we're all God's children. We're all God's children here, Rob. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> cleanest hour in podcasting is about housekeeping and cleaning, of course. So that's it for us. Rob, Francis, Ralph Peterson, Cleanest Hour in Podcasting. Thank you guys so much. If you enjoyed today's program, please make sure that you're sharing it and you're liking it and you're writing a review anywhere you get podcasts and YouTube channel and all that stuff. We really appreciate all your support. So that's it for us. Thank you so much. 
that's it. The Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Keep in mind, the best way to ensure that you never miss an episode of the Housekeepers Podcast is by subscribing to the show and following us on social media. For those of you who are more visually stimulated, you can always watch us record the show live each week on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. In fact, we post all of our videos on YouTube, so make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you love the show and you want to help us out, please consider writing a review and sharing the show with all your friends and families and colleagues. And if you are looking for more information about today's guests, all of their contact information and the links to their websites are in the show's notes. That's it. Until next time, this has been the cleanest hour in podcasting. I am Ralph Peterson, and I'll see you later.